This is Rhetoric in Retrospect. I'm David, and I'm joined by my compadres, Ben and Max. In this episode, we will be discussing the synthetical properties of integration as they relate to classical education. Ben is very bouncy today. Ben has been a good boy. Ben has picked apples today. What? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, you can't see what's going on. No, no. It's great. It, it, Can you give them a visual description of what's going on? It's, I'm, I'm bouncing quite high on a bouncy ball. It, oh, is, wow. it is very good. Why are you bouncing on a bouncy ball? Because it's bouncy, and bouncing is fun. Uh, what, what's uh, the Tigger oh, quote? Okay, all right. I, I don't remember the Tigger quote now, but it's it's a great quote. Just take oh, my t- word for uh, it. Oh, I I can't remember. Oh my goodness, my childhood has just know. been it's, failing it's, it's, process. It's, like it's it's disappearing. Also, I just said like. <gasps> I can't. I can't. <laughs> it pains me every single time I say the cursed word. The cursed wait the cursed, is like a conge- no the cursed cursed word simile like well it's it's not a simile it's a something something other anyways yeah indeed let's let's get into our episode so who who are we we are uh-huh. we are a group of human mortal homeschooled boys yes we are we are. Uh, Boys who act like they're two on occasion. On occasion, but and occasion when like they're speak for yourself. <laughs> a little bit older. Than... <laughs> uh, and yeah, we we talk about a broad range of topics, yes. and this is going along with our last episode. So we should be. If you liked your our last episode, then you'll definitely like this episode. And, and if you didn't like our last episode, well, then you won't like this one. You'll like this one. You're going to despise this episode, and you're <laughs> going to despise us for putting it this out. So, I am proposing that. So. In our last episode, we talked about how there are three arts of classical education, right? Indeed. Do you recall what those are? I, who are you asking? Uh, either of you. Oh. Do you want to bounce off of each other like a couple? Of, like, bounce? Just oh, I'm very each? good at that. No. Oh, you want to bounce? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, wow, I think that the, the one that the young tots do is uh, the, wait, what do you call it? Uh, grammar. That's the one, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then Max, what's the other one in between the big one? Uh, uh, yeah. uh um, it's, uh, actually. You hear him typing out on his keyboard, just. <laughs> I actually don't know. <laughs> I, I know. It's on the tip of my t- <laughs> It starts with a D, does it? Dialectic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, uh, exactly. <laughs> if you want context, Ben just type into the chat <laughs> dialectic. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh. And, uh, then, and then, Ben, what's the last the, stage? The, uh, 
podcast one. Or the, the yeah, the podcast Yeah, yeah, one. The, the rhetoric, the yeah. rhetorical stage. The rhetoric, or, or the, art, ev- art. the Everybody just makes a podcast after exactly they've been classically educated. That's that's what happens. I mean, it's the logical no, conclusion. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Formulate your thoughts over the air. Precisely, precisely. Yes. I th- yeah, we're probably uh, the only person in the niche to do this. I mean, students yes. on a podcast talking about their education, but it's classical nonetheless. Oh yes, yes. Oh, this is like, this is uncapitalized territory. Yes, we, we are the pioneers oh, yeah. of a, a new kind of podcast. <laughs> a new breed. Yes. We're not like the other homeschoolers. We're not like other homeschoolers. <laughs> <laughs> We're built different. We're built different. <laughs> um, yes. So I want to give it a little bit. Uh, oh, thank you both. Uh, I want to give a little bit of background on what I mean when I say integration. So uh, in the grammar stage, uh, the little tots, it d- depends on, yeah, I mean, universally, it's a, a thing that kids do. I mean, it's just what kids do. They all love to take in information. Indeed. They're like a sponge. Uh, but you can be at the gram- grammar stage at any point in your life, or yeah. the grammar, the art of Girl. grammar, <laughs> the grammar art yes. at uh, any point in your life. Precisely. But mostly it happens from the ages of two to eight, I think. Or no, one, to, zero to eight, zero to eight. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the young curves. And then, yes. The, oh, what the heck? <laughs> did you say that last time? That's what you said last you time. Yeah, oh, I did? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then we all said. How, uh, how sleep deprived was I? I have no what idea. <laughs> Uh, oh, the reflections of <laughs> times past. Yes. Anyways, so so as they're taking in this information, they're not make they're making some connections, but they're not making a ton of connections. Yeah. The dialectic art of classical education is when they start to make those connections. Like they start to make all of these connections between a ton of different things, and that is where integration comes into play comes into play in grammar to a limited degree, but it mainly happens in the dialectic stage. That's what we're going to focus on today. So, and then also the rhetorical stage, which is what the end product is. You're, you're executing on those connections and your knowledge. That That's what the whole, that's what yeah. the epiphany, or not the epiphany, the... Um, epitome? Epitome, thank you. Thank you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Epitome of it all is. That's the end product. Indeed. So, I want to talk a bit about integration. So, what do you guys, what comes to mind when you think of integration? When sort of like combining no, of different no ideas. Yes. The, the, the uh, relation of disparate thoughts to one another disparate wait can you define your uh yeah term uh, well you there? know different sounded to uh uh ordinary so Dis- disparate wait i thought i thought it was disparate is it disparate uh, anyways uh, it might be disparate i'm hearing this for the first time no but i feel like you're right i disparate or disparate 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 wow disparate dis there's two apparently. 
Wow. That's how Merriam-Webster. Anyways, that different, different. Uh, yes, absolutely. So wait, did you just say the the connection of disparate thoughts? The yeah, the sharing of ideas. The sharing of ideas. Okay. So yes, yes, that's exactly what it is. I think that those definitions could definitely be proved, but that is a starting point. Yeah. I think it's very hard to define <laughs> integration. Because it's it's a process that sort of just happens. I mean, you can you can make it happen. You can cause for it or, or for wow. You can cause it to happen, but I mean, it's sort of it's a natural process. Yeah, it's what we do. We reason in our minds. We we build up logical conclusions out of a bunch of information. Mm-hmm. So. I have a proposition that if you learn about one subject, you will inevitably learn about something about every single subject if you act upon that knowledge. If you like follow or where it, it leads. All, uh, not every single subject, but all related subjects. Yeah. Because they are all related to some degree or another. Exactly. So what I'm thinking is that this is this is my theory, and I want you get the rest of the conversation will be based upon this. So I am currently writing a paper on uh, how can you how you can learn about mechanical engineering through studying biomechanics, right? Hmm. So two two similar topics. But there's a great divide in between them. Right. Yeah. That being the human body and <laughs> mechanical engineering is mostly to do with moving parts that are uh, not biological. Yeah. Uh, so through that, through that connection, I want to I want to make a connection between those two. And show that you can learn about any two subjects that share even a small relation. And through that connection, you can learn everything about one. If you learn something about one topic, that inevitably will lead to a relation between the other topic. And that leads to other relations and other relations, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So... My main idea is exploring the tree of knowledge. You know, yeah. sort of, if you learn about one topic, you learn about another topic. Mm-hmm. So you have three topics, right? Mm-hmm. And they all share one common relation. Well, if you find that relation and then you see what's unique about each one, sort of like a Venn diagram, uh, but then exactly. you explore what's outside of the center, then you can learn about so many things. Uh-huh. And if you have, hint, hint, if you have God at the center. Oh, hint, hint. I mean, what's going to go on there? Okay. Then it seems like if you learn about Christ, you can learn about everything. Because, I mean, God is the author of all subjects. So if he Ex- authored oh them goodness. all and they all point to him, Ooh. then... Ooh. They must point to one another too. 
Yeah. So. Oh. Hmm. <sighs> hmm. It's almost like we have a little diagram on this oh. burned into no our way. of this memory burned into our heads. It couldn't uh, be integrated that closely. I, I, I don't know. It, it seems like it. It's, it's possible. Oh, oh my. Oh, oh, what's this here? Quid uh, 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 it, oh, The very same. Uh, that, that's quite something. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That <laughs> oh, that, that's so, asi- aside from God being at the center of it all, I want to explore more about the tree of knowledge and just hypothesize on where we could go with our search of information with examples yeah right Uh, that's cool so i turned it over to you at this moment what are your thoughts on this how would you add to this is there any way you would add to this uh do you have any uh critiques about this do you have any theories about this huh um my personal experience with integration has uh, been, been quite interesting because in the homeschool program we do, I think we've talked about it before on this podcast, what happens is we, we have the grammar stage, as you say, and they stuff our minds full of knowledge, facts, and we don't know what they mean. They'll say, these are the Latin endings, and they come with a fun song, and we sing the song, and and we know uh, OST must descent and uh, various EMA, but that's pronounced pro- terribly probably. I learned that the foundations pronunciations are uh, most egregiously done afterwards. Anyways, uh, we we learn those things, and we have no idea what they mean. But then when we uh, grow up a bit and we get to the dialectic. They say, oh, what do you know? Those random endings you learned actually mean something in Latin. And it's telling us what part of speech it's going to be, what, what the case is, the number, etc. And then I suppose that wasn't the best example to tie into other subjects. But then we'll say, oh, in history, I was learning about the... Uh, we were learning about Columbus for example, or Amerigo Vespucci. And also in geography, we were, learn- we were learning to draw that part of the world. So what do you know? Those two are connected and you can see where Columbus went. And yet there- there's all these integrations. And in our first year, uh, we-, we were actually a- a- awarded points for each integration we found. And once we got to 500 yeah, points or something, sure. we would get ice cream and pizza. And so we were highly motivated to do that. But now we sort of do it automatically and... We don't get ice cream and pizza for it anymore. Yeah, virtue is its own reward. Yes, absolutely. Max, what, what are your thoughts on this? So it's really surprising when you're in the 12 and below group because the stuff you learn, it sticks with you, but you don't understand the significance. Yeah, like Ben said. But then you really uh, get a grasp on the entire outline, the entire plan from the very beginning once you start applying that knowledge in your uh, high school years, which is really enlightening. Indeed. Indeed. And it fits quite well with, I mean, obviously the the three arts or stages as I used to know them uh, can be applied to pretty much anything. I mean, uh, uh, you could be learning guitar 
and you say, oh, I need to learn the chords and what fingers go where on, and, and, and you, you, you memorize all those and you practice them and you, you learn all your, all your grammar, but it doesn't sound very good at this point. It's just a bunch of notes that are harmonious or dissonant or whatever you want it to be. And then you later on have dialectic where you sort of put them to, you have sheet music and you say, oh, what do you know? Well, if this chord goes first and this chord comes next and you have some sort of inversion on the first one, then it sounds like some, some song I know. But then in the rhetoric, you can say, oh, so somebody's humming a tune and I can now play that on my guitar or whatever. But I don't know if that's the best example, but it can be applied to any stage of life. But I think it works particularly well. It's a particularly good example for schooling because we are really good at absorbing information when we're young. And once we're like maybe, what, 12 to 15, 16, or we're not not solely then, but particularly then we're questioning a lot of things. Or why this? Why that? How does this work? How does that work? Et cetera, et cetera. And then that's when they're feeding us the connections between things. And then once we've gotten beyond that, we sort of get to finalize it and, and get good at that. And uh, the, the rhetoric, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. That's a good thing. I like the guitar example. <laughs> well, I, I, but, I looked around. There's a guitar, so uh, might as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what if I pr proposed that you can learn about brain chemistry through studying cooking? Brain chemistry and cooking. And that would be quite the concept. Hmm, I, I think it's probably possible. You could say... Uh, pressure heat of liquids uh I, I don't know what else would you combine there well what about if you study cooking you are obviously going to come across organic material because that's something you work with yes. on a daily basis oh oh yeah and if you come across if you study chemist or if you study organic material you're going to come across chemistry and if you come across chemistry you're probably going to come across biology at some point and if you study biology you'll study brain chemistry and so it's yeah or loosely study brain chemistry so and then there's a connection between cooking you know something that you ingest and what goes on in your brain uh -huh. during that process. And you, and you like could, like, how how mm. will you simulate your palate? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's so, cool. Yeah, yeah. Not going off on some sort of rabbit trail with your, uh, with your propositions or what you could possibly learn, but going outside the circle you know, sort of making a topic tree or a, yeah, a topic, topic wheel of subjects surrounding, say, for example, cooking, and then finding something and circling it back to your topic. Okay, does this relate to that? For the first time, for the first cycle, circle, whatever you want to call it, it's, it's always going to relate back to what you're doing or otherwise it doesn't, it's not part of your subject, but then going on to the second one, 
and saying, okay, I've pinpointed one thing in here that could lead to another topic. Does it still relate to my main subject? If so, you move on to the next one and just keep going and going and going yeah. and see how far you can really get into this. Usually it's only about six topics at most that you, you keep going through and then you can actually, if you learn in this area and follow these, these paths of knowledge, then you have this entire tree of, of knowledge. And it's not like once you've reached a certain number of circles surrounding <laughs> this subject, you've reached the rhetorical art of this subject. But executing that the on those connections is the rhetorical art of that subject. You don't need to be an expert at what you're doing. You just need to be able to execute and then expound upon, not expound upon, be able to tell what you're doing, like explain what you're doing, and then say somebody comes along and they say, okay, I have no idea about cooking, right? I have nothing. You, you can then take your knowledge and actually teach them about cooking, right? Because you know what makes something you know what, what the processes of yeah. cooking, you know, you uh -huh. know how to saute a mushroom, <laughs> you know, what plating, you, you know, what looks good on a plate, you know, how to just what heat to, to cook things on, you know, how to add flavors, you know, what needs to be in a dish in order for it to be pleasant, have a sweet aroma, taste good, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So there's, these are all these things that go together. But the real kicker is when you study, what did I say before, chemistry, uh -huh. and then you can learn things about cooking through studying chemistry. That's, and then if you have this two-way connection, right, hmm. then if you find something out about cooking, you can find something out about brain chemistry. And if you find something about brain chemistry, oh, what's another thing? Uh, nerves of the body, right? Uh -huh. Nerve, nerve endings, spinal cord. Then what if you learn something about cooking? How does it relate to all the way down the trail, spine, spinal processes, uh, electric signals between neurons, uh -huh. you know, all these things. And then how does that relate to cooking? So if you have this, this flow throughout a bunch of other subjects, then you can make this tree of knowledge that just expands like <laughs> crazy. If you have one piece of information, right, mm -hmm. inputted into a very particular subject, then that can expand and apply to a bigger picture. And I think that is the dream of the the classical educated, <laughs> the classically educated brain, right? Yeah. To be able to take something and dissect it into so many different pieces and then be able to make connections across the board on it. But in that, be able to take all this information that you've learned, 
right? Connect it to everything else and take it all into one mass and present it or execute upon it, make actions upon it, you know, do do all these sorts of things. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to know what you guys think on that, uh, what your thoughts on are on that. And I want you to think of some examples and how they applied in your life. And uh, I see Ben bouncing. So th- 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 Ben is a bit excited for this. Oh, oh, oh sure. Oh, well, the, the, the thing that comes to mind is the much, the, the even broader of that integration that CC teaches us. I, I think I mentioned this in the education episode last episode, but it, it's worth saying again that one of my favorite t-shirts from, of theirs is uh, how to think, not what to think. And I think that's a great slogan. And instead of, I mean, they, they certainly teach us ideas and they give us opinions. It's impossible to remain separate from opinions. I mean, everything is pretty much. But they teach us skepticism has a sort of negative connotation i wouldn't say skepticism they they uh a baloney right. detector is what they call intuition in yeah yeah N- not mm-hmm. just uh blindly accepting mm. things yeah and and they, they, they teach us these tools that we've talked yeah. about that you can take and have any subject and you can, and then you use the tools to slice it up into little pieces and you say oh um the, the example that i was thinking of is this week i was studying differentials and differential equations and you say oh well a differential is yeah, ben, I'm trying to find di- i'm sorry uh, maybe, maybe that was a bad example anyway <laughs> wait, a differential is is like you're st- wait hold on wait you're studying diff eq yeah but <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to talk about the actual okay, keep way going, it works keep going. but but needless to say, a differential is basically okay, yes, yes. a derivative, which is another thing, just mixed around. So it's like you apply algebra to the simpler concept, and then that concept is just a limit plus the simple equation. Then a limit is just approaching a value. So you can break it down into all these little pieces. So differential equations, I've heard about in the past, and I've heard they're notoriously difficult to do. But then when you look at it and say, huh, how could I break this up? Well, I'm trying to find the dy over dx, but then the dy is over here, and it's divided by dx on the other side. So anyways, this seems familiar. There's a simpler concept that addresses a similar thing, so I just combine these two concepts to make this more complex one, and I can divide the simpler ones and divide them again into the little base parts. And you say, oh, well, I know these really well, so that's not so hard. It's, it's You build the foundation, and then everything else you cobble together. You put pieces of the foundation together. It's like a puzzle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Anyways, yeah. That you, that's why they teach you limits and derivatives at the the beginning of calculus, exactly. because then you can use those building blocks to to yeah to fit them together. It's yeah. it's great. Yeah. Yes, Max. What is what is the example and how is it applied to your life? Well, <laughs> I'm not sure of how much it's applied to my life, but I, I do recall when we were. Um, watching some cooking television shows, and this is another good example, that they were talking about the chemistry behind what was uh, happening when they were um, performing, when they were making food. And so they would say, why 
they would heat it up to uh, this temperature instead of this temperature. How they, why they'd cool it down from this temperature to this temperature because it would have an effect on the composition of what they're creating, which then had an effect on the quality of the food. And so I can definitely see what you're talking about is something uh, something simple, as simple and innocuous as uh, cooking can really be, for lack of a better term, a gateway to um, more advanced concepts. And then you can use what the intuition is from cooking and how you observe the effects to uh, teach, yeah, more complex concepts. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, so I haven't lost you guys with my proposition. Not yet. No, no, no. I, I think it's a cool one. <laughs> good, good, good. I, I like your, your bioengineering, mechanical engineering thing because, well, depends on how you define bioengineering. I, I can totally see biology and with it bioengineering, but I mean, with both things, you're uh, manipulating existing physical things to work for you, do something different and new. And you can see, oh, in a bacteria, um, there's this mechanism for how a protein attaches to the cell wall. Wait, cell wall. There are not cell walls in uh, animal cells, I don't think. Cell membrane, anyways. How the protein attaches to the cell mm -hmm. and sticks yeah. there. Well, there's a similar mechanism in this uh, in this gate latch that I saw in my mechanical engineering course. Um, so, wow, there, there's correlations there. But this bacteria does it really well, and this protein connects and sticks really well. So how could I use that to improve this gate lock? I mean, just a random example. You probably have better ones because you're writing an essay on it, but... Yes. It, it's cool how pretty much anything, well, yeah, if you and, think about it, And something even... Oh, yes, absolutely. And it, it, even if you think of something as simple as... Uh, okay, so we're learning about how a blood... Well, I'm not, but say you're learning about how a blood vessel works. Well, you take that and you say, all right, what... You, you apply it to a larger scale, and then say you use uh, something that's flexible. Uh, say you just use rubber or silicone, right? You use silicone. And then you say, all right, this is way too thick for a blood vessel. If you were to make a synthetic blood vessel and put it in the body, this would be way too big or way too thick. So then you go and you find a material that's way more flexible and does the exact same thing, but it's super strong and you find your dream material, right? Uh -huh. That's, that's bioengineering, right? Yeah. You take, you take natural processes, you say, all right, what are the mechanics of this? And it's bio, yeah, it's biomechanics. And then you, you say, all right, well, we replicate this on a larger scale and then we make it a smaller scale and we chuck it in the body. <laughs> and we see how that goes, right? It's sort of like making a heart, like making a prosthetic heart is a huge. Yeah, um, you just chuck it in people's bodies. I don't think it's. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just shove it in there. I don't. I but I don't think that you could make a fully prosthetic heart because the the heart does more than pump blood to the body. Yeah, and there's all this right. electrical impulse and yeah. There's way more than that. 
And y- yeah. y- you know what's hilarious right, and amazing? Right. So, I, I mean, you could stimulate that, but it would be it would be very difficult. It yeah. might be possible. I'm not sure. But the, what's absolutely amazing is, you know, it, it's the perfect example of what we're talking about because, you know, I mentioned this week I was learning out differentials and you were talking about blood vessels and one, I was looking at applied problems for differentials, right? Because right now they're just teaching us, oh, what it is and how to do it. But it's really neat to cl- see it applied. And so one of the problems, one of the three problems was on this old scientist who figured out how to measure the change in blood flow in a blood vessel with a differential equation based on how blocked it was and it was something like for every decrease in a millimeter or every increase of one unit the blood flow would increase by 10 so i think that's just hilarious how i was learning about differentials Mm -hmm. and you're learning about blood vessels and uh, the integration it's it's Bravo, yes, a perfect yes. example. And and stuff like stuff like how thermodynamics applies, right? So if the yeah. body temperature is, if you have a fever, that applies. Um, if you have a high BPM, that applies. You the, All these things apply. But like you're saying with differential equations, I'm guessing that he said, all right, so what's the, what are the points in between, um, say, uh, oh, how would you even do if it was blocked? Obstruction? It, percent yeah. obstruction? Yeah. It was the percent decrease like what would you do? to the Like percent. in between what, what like... I don't think they yeah, even yeah. gave us units. It was this... It was 10 units high or something. And for every millimeter decrease or every unit decrease or whatever in, oh, in uh, thickness, what would the change in... Uh, Floby. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're nerding out a bit too much. Yeah, over here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but I just found it so cool. Those, th- it's a perfect example of integration. It's two Maybe. completely Maybe. disparate things, but or disparate or disparate or however it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Max, Max, do you have any more thoughts on this? I think it, I think it is it's really fascinating. I don't think it's something you see as often in the common core. Um do you Oh, know? absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what I thought from um what I know about the common core is it's it's not integration isn't utilized as much. They're taught individually and perhaps even with differing curriculums. Even uh well we use use different curriculums, but it's it's all planned out to have similarities between subjects, um, especially in the determine determining what we do year by year. For instance, this year we're doing Shakespeare. We'll see how that um, integrates. But all of these are calculated decisions. They're not uh, done just based on how much the student's age level can handle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and. Uh... A thing that I think helps that with CC is the fact that we have one, well, the parent is the lead learner and the teacher, but then we have David. (laughs) 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 And then we have the the tutor or whatever. So we go in weekly and we have 
we meet with a few other uh, peers of our age group and doing the same things. We talk about what we've done in the week and what we're going to do in the next week, and we present papers and essays and memorizings and whatever, whatever it is. But anyways, that tutor, that director for the day is the same across all of our strands. Unlike in the Common Core, where there's one teacher for English, and one teacher for math, and one teacher for science, and so on and so forth. We have one tutor, one director that overarches all of those, and then the parent overarches everything as well. So then that also helps that it's one person who can say, hey, didn't we just talk about this for, for yeah, like Max said, we're doing Shakespeare this year, and we can say, oh, Julius Caesar was assassinated, and Shakespeare is Julius Caesar, and, and we, we all read all about that, that might not be historically accurate, that could be debated. But then we see in American history that we're also studying uh, John Wilkes Booth assassinated Abraham Lincoln. What are the similarities and differences between that? Somebody in power and, yeah. Right, right. The opposition between, wait, what was it for Julius Caesar? I can't even remember. For, for Abraham Lincoln was obviously uh, um, South versus this, North. Yeah, you know, slave yeah. Re- Slaves versus. Free. Yeah. yeah, but then. It but, was that Caesar uh, had too much I can't remember what it was for Julius Caesar. Yeah. <laughs> Something about dictatorship. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they were afraid he's going to be dictator for life. Yeah. Yeah. Which he would have been. And Fear he, of. I mean, he, he was good thing. dictator for yeah. the whole of his life, though. <laughs> it wasn't too long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he was, a, he was a good leader. He was. He was, in my opinion, Julius Caesar was a good leader. Yeah, he wasn't the best moral man. That, no, and his ego was a little uh, uh, off the inflated. charts. But <laughs> yes, and <laughs> yeah, definitely. And further integration in in Latin. This well, we've been translating Caesar's Gallic Wars, and well, that there's there's Vercingetorix, and and they're in this town, and they're sieged, and there's not many Romans, and. The Gauls have burned their siege towers, and Caesar's out there, and he he's able to stop it, and he thinks, and he organizes the troops in such a way that he drives back the Gauls, and Caesar always always wins, pretty much. He was a good leader, indeed. More integration. Yes, and I, I love how the, the word integration is literally quite connected <laughs> to calculus. I and we keep talking is. about calculus, but how's wow. it connected to calculus? Um, yeah. Because integration, integrals. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's it's a process. Amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. All the. Anyways, anyways. Um, we. Do, what what do what do we conclude from this then? What is. Common core bad. I, I have a takeaway, but I will <laughs> I will throw it to you guys. What what should people take away, Max? <laughs> Common core bad, classical good. I like it. <laughs> why is it worth why is anything worth studying? Because at the same reward. time you're studying Ex- everything actually, else. Yeah. yeah. No. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like that. That we, we study it not just for itself, but for one, the the understanding that it brings is delightful, and then also the understanding it brings for other things. We we might have read something in a book years and years ago, and now we're listening to something now and we think, 
oh, that's how that worked or whatever it is. And all these things are going to integrate and build our stores of knowledge. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I completely agree with this. I'm so glad that my point got across. This is this we'll, is we'll, f- we'll fix it in post. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it, it was uh, a delightful conversation. Indeed. It's always so fun to just go and talk, you know? Mm. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I hope you... This this was exactly my vision going into it, and I'm so glad that it got through. Oh, this is great. This is awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad. Vision for what? Oh. The conversation. Oh, this, this podcast. They are a conversation. Oh yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh, no. We're devolving. Quick. Yeah. <laughs> recording. <laughs> Reduced to a pile of yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, Ben, Ben's taking over. The, oh, resist, gosh. Ben. You have to resist. Stay yeah. strong. Yeah, yeah, I can resist. Yeah. No, no. no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it, oh. it is. Is that it, or is there more to speak about? I I think. This has I been think, rhetoric and Yeah, I think that is it. If you have wait, any, wait, wait, wait. You see the oh, thing, okay. see the thing, see the thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, say the thing. Oh, <laughs> if you have any comments, queries, quandaries, questions, or corrections, please email us at rhetoricandretrospect at gmail.com. That is Indeed. the name of the podcast, all in lowercase letters, at gmail.com. That's Bravo. No hesitations. Excellent well. Excellent well. Well, well I excellent, well, excellent well. Excellent with our well. Excellent well. in the air and our yes. cups, of, cups of ale. Yes. Indeed. Vive right. la France. This has been Rhetoric and Retrospect. Signing off. Signing, signing, signing off. off. Signing off. Signing off. Signing off. All right. Bye. Bye.